Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Loso, man. And y'all listen to the number one sports podcast out, MTMV Sports. Y'all see it. I don't know how to stop recording, so it's just recording right now. Is, all you got to do is go to the corner. Like, <laughs> go to the corner. Don't say all the where it says recording. There's a stop yeah. button. Stop recording. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. This would be the bloopers part you can put in. The- hey, I'm putting this in. Hey, guys. This is the beginning of the – I'm just letting you know this is the beginning of the show. <laughs> I was like, uh, it still says recording up there in the corner, bro. Hit, hit the stop button. Daddy, let me loose. They got to move. Well, this is, we want to welcome you guys, man. This is Hard in the Paint Podcast here, presented by MTMV Sports, where NBA news gets physical like the paint. Whether you want to body him like Shaq or finesse him like Hakeem the Dream, you're going to get the hard truth. Look, let's dive in. I got my boys here today. Fellas, what's going on? What's up, y'all? How you doing? This is my boy, Jay. Say hi to the people. What's up, y'all? How you, how you guys doing today? Good, man. I'm good. Connie, what's going on, sir? Hey, man. It's Connie Westside, the best side, you know. This is how we do. I'm on the show. Definitely, man. Again, I want to welcome y'all to Hard in the Paint, man. We are glad to be back. Um, it has been a long, uh, I guess, hiatus, you would call it, with us doing the huddle up for MTMV Sports, man. We've been diving into that and putting everything we got into that. Um, so I'm glad to be back. Obviously, I'm an NBA head. I got my boy Jay and Connie here, and we're just going to dive directly into it, man. With COVID-19 kind of really taking over and uh, causing us to do quarantine, it's stop sports. I mean, uh, I can't put an exact time on it, how long we've been out of sports, but I mean, the last dance really is keeping us afloat right now. Everybody is looking forward to this every seven-day thing, every Sunday. Um, I think, what is it, eight, seven to eight airing this Sunday? Mm-hmm. I said, okay, so Aaron said, so, but what did happen, big news that Adam Silver did have a call with all the players yesterday, and they basically uh, confronted what uh, some of the issues that people were having, uh, what's moving forward, how are we going to come back, how are we going to bring this season back. Um, one biggest thing that started out was the decision to resume play may go into June basically understanding of how we're going to get daily testing, how we're going to figure out having players like that. Um, and the biggest thing that they were talking about was uh, having the limit to one to two places, cities, Disney World or Las Vegas. Um, I mean, if the NBA does come back, do we expect it to be back in June or are we seeing it being pushed to July, August? Jay, let me hear from you. Ooh, I'm thinking with the way Adam Silver's talking, it'll probably be back in July or August. He's been very, very cautious which is understandably with the position that he is in, being cautious makes a lot of sense. But with him saying that they'll push that decision to to come back or not even make that into June, let's say you get it mid-June. Well, you're going to have about three weeks of training camp. Then you're going to have to go right into the regular season. I forget if it's a month and a half. I forget exactly how much time is left. But I I do think it'll be uh, later rather than sooner that we'll have the NBA come back. Definitely. Connie, what you thinking, man? Um, look, man, I, I'm hoping that it's sooner. So, like, I'm hoping June, man. We, like, we, we up and running in June. <laughs> yeah. You know, we take the whole month of June to do the playoffs and everything. Like, we, I just need, I just need June to be that thing. And then, like, a little bit of July. Because August, 
we're talking training camp for football, and then y'all gonna be fighting for time. Yeah. And then they're talking about pushing. Now, this is what they're talking about pushing with the high school level. High school level in Florida, they're talking about pushing it. They're starting it in October. Yeah. And pushing it all the way to like to like January. Wow. Not January, but like January or February, and like and all that other stuff. Like, so yeah, I'm, just, yeah. I'm talking about playoffs and everything. Yeah, I definitely understand that. So, so now, and then, and then on top of that, they're talking about moving college football and all that to the spring. And there's a wow. whole whole repertoire of things happening that you know is just not necessary. So, if they can come sooner, we can might we might be able to fit certain schedules here. Definitely. So, um, so yeah, man. And then on top of that, like I don't want to be stuck with baseball the whole summer. <laughs> and this may be this may be a baseballless summer, dog. Like, yeah, I feel like, you. I feel you. We, what we were surviving on the uh, the summer league, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, and then like here's here's the thing about the summer league, man. You have so many guys competing in summer league. Um, that that's not gonna compete in summer league this year. Um, mm-hmm. my buddy, my buddy, he was he was in the summer league last year. Shout out to you, Corey Walden, man. I gotta get you on the show. Facts. I will get him on the show, y'all. Y'all just wait. I will get. I him got on you. Weird. Yeah. So like, like I said, like, uh, shout out Corey, man. Um, you know, because he, he plays Italian ball, but he came and he played for Toronto Raptors for uh nice. for the summer league. You know, I'm like, oh yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of potential that's out there that won't be playing, especially you know the Lamelo and not Lamelo, but Leandro and the Lamelo balls. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think I, I think it's a good opportunity, man. For for you know, the summer league was also just a place where they brought in players to potentially be on the NBA team. We want to see what you can do out there. Obviously, it's for the top draft picks and people kind of filling out their teams. But like you said, your friend coming from overseas to be able to play—that's awesome. But with with COVID, that that's that's not going to happen. And we're trying to figure out, like, man, how do we come back from that? Um, I know, speaking of what Jay was talking about, uh, the players and owners are ba- are basically saying we want at least three weeks for training camp. Like, if that's if we're going to come back in June or July, and which I honestly think if we push the decision to June, let's say we get it the first week of June, and then three weeks of training camp, we're still talking about the first week of July, mid-July, even possibly moving into August if we get the decision sometime in June. Um, I think what people are really looking at is this. Uh, I want to say it's the is it the Korean Baseball League? Yes, Korean Baseball League. Yeah, Korean, Korean Baseball, Baseball League, League, who's playing right now. Um, he did. Adam Silver did uh, reference the fact that if we do come back, when we come back, because I'm going to speak this thing into existence, when the NBA comes back, <laughs> we will be playing with no fans in attendance. Which we we basically all understood that we can't mm-hmm. get these thousands of people together and they're trying to practice six, six feet, uh, six foot distancing, social distancing. Um, right. I mean, if if that's the case, are we are we ready to watch basketball with no fans in the stands, and understanding that it will be mid July at least to win after training after decisions made and training camp? Jay, you raising your hand? What's up? Yes, yes. So earlier today, <laughs> before before we got on this, I was listening to I think it was all the smoke with Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson. I went yeah. back to the one when Draymond Green was on there, and yeah. if we go back in our minds way back to March. When this whole thing hit, there was word that the Warriors were going to play a basketball game with no fans. And about eight hours later, they said the season was suspended. Well, Draymond Green said at that point, someone in the organization came to him and said, hey, we know there's going to be no fans in here. We need one of y'all to get some music ready. 
And so they was gonna make it more like a uh, yeah, fourth, like uh, like an open, like an open gym type game, yeah. or like that like all star game. Yeah. So like the all star games nowadays, how they have music playing. You know, those fans there, there's still music and the lights are darker. Well, Draymond Green has a buddy that's a DJ. So he said, "Hey man, I need you to get some hip hop. I need you to get some top forty hits, so we can play them in the, in the arena." So I think that would actually. For the players, that's a whole lot better, and for the announcers, than LA if you're fitness, just, <laughs> than if you're just, uh, if there's no fans and there's nothing, and you're at the YMCA hooping like you and I would. For them, if there's no fans and there's no, no crowd noise, no nothing, it messes mm-hmm. with their psyche. A lot of these guys are used to shooting free throws with players there. Um, well, I mean, with fans there and the noise. So, hey man, no fans of fans. It's gonna hate it for us. We're fans. Yeah. But I mean, it, that noise watching on TV with the music in the background over the speakers. That would be uh, an added uh, enjoyment, not just for us, but for the players, because yeah. it, it will hide their trash talk and all that stuff. And a lot right. of what they say, you can't yeah. play on regular. You can't say on regular TV. Yeah. Well, and, and let me let me let me put this in perspective for y'all. All One right. of the greatest games that was ever played was played with no fans. It was the dream team. The dream team, yeah. Oh yeah. Bro, MJ was like, I'm the sheriff now. Like right, like I so. Remember. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go ahead. Let's let us control the narrative. Yeah, and let us let us put it. You know, put it in front of y'all. Like, yo, y'all. You know, you get fans in, and you know everything's like all fine and dandy. But yeah. all right, you know, let, let us control it real quick. And it was so dope. Um, one thing that it kind of reminded me of back in the day. I don't know, like if y'all used to go to like the open gyms, and like the only people were there were like the people that were ready to hoop. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Or like the people that you I know, one, you know, I you was know. one of those people. Thank God. Right, <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> bro. I remember going to the wreck in Daytona Beach and in yeah. Orange Beach. Which anybody, anybody in America, if you want to play some ball, come they go to Orange Beach, Florida, or Daytona Beach, Florida. Yeah, we play ball. Oh, yeah, for it. Okay, we hoop. We really okay. hoop in Orange Beach for real. Yeah, and when I tell you, like. It, it it's just that it's just that atmosphere where like you know you you got just, just whoever's in there and you might not get like that ooh oh, but you be like okay okay when I get up on the court let's do this yeah yeah um it all it, and it also like put me in the mind state of like I don't know if you saw like uh, LeBron James um, mixtape when he was like twenty seven. When he was 27 years old, and he was at like the, I think he was at the, either the Drew League or they were just doing like summer, summer hooping or whatever. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. Bruh, I gotta see y'all link. This guy yes. is nasty. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I know like, that. like, 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 oh, we're like, we gonna get into that too. Like, I'm just saying, like, Brown was like that dude when he was 27, like, like the athleticism that he had at 27. I'm like, I don't, I don't remember having that athleticism at 27. Like okay. I, don't, I, don't, I think twenty seven was probably my last their, year. Most guys are in like like their prime around that age. When you come in at twenty two, four to five years in, that's when you're like, all right, I done figured it out. I done had enough years to. I'm not the rookie anymore. Not a sophomore. Mm-hmm. I got my I got my legs under me. I know what to expect for the eighty two game season and playoffs. Right. Um, I think what Bron was in, he was in prime what two thousand ten. Going to the Miami Heat. I mean, oh seven. Yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. He yeah. came to the finals, but we yeah. we knew he wasn't gonna win that finals. So right, right, right. Uh, 2010. So twenty ten. So he was like, <laughs> 18, 03, 7, about twenty five years old yeah, coming yeah. into it, man. But uh, you know, I mean, still at, at thirty five. Yeah. But the average a triple double. Let's talk. About, you know what I'm saying? So he, the, 
the athleticism obviously isn't there what it was 10 years ago. We we know that. So right. I think I think even with the way Kobe approached the game is as he got older and athleticism kind of faded, he just learned to play the game a little bit differently. And was still dominant at it. Like you talk about a guy in his in his 30s, turn around fadeaways in your grill when you got a hand in his face like this. Mm-hmm. He's like, excuse me. Like I, I, I practice this. I don't even. You, you like, can have your hand. You can close my eyes if you wanted to. It's like, just, oh, like, like I hoop. That's what oh. he said. Basically, <laughs> say I hoop. Try we didn't play that, man. And and that's that's what I love about um, about how what he brought to the game. Obviously. And we'll get into this. Obviously, the last dance is, is the big thing that's happening right now. Uh, and we're going to get into it. I want to make sure that we finish up on the NBA players call. So the last thing that we're talking about, obviously, people want to know what's going to happen if uh, a player tests positive for, for COVID and what, what the response time is going to be or what's going to happen. So he's been quoted as saying, basically, is that the, he doesn't want the stoppage of play. This is Adam Silver letting the players know. Uh, right. I don't want stoppage of play, but at that point when NBA comes back, uh, we should have uh, daily testing uh, and figuring out being tested when they come into the into these facilities in this one two places Disney World or Las Vegas that we talked about earlier. Um, I mean, how confident do you feel in if the NBA does resume and we do when the NBA resumes and the people are coming into contact with these two teams? Do you think that there will be another outbreak of COVID because the NBA is is, is we're pushing? For the NBA to come back, or do you think that at that point we'll be in a place where the daily testing will definitely help subside uh, the, the the spread of of, of this uh, this virus? Well, here's the thing: we've been doing very well with the social distancing, and you know they keep saying there's new cases each and every day. Yeah. Um, um, as a guy that works in the medical field right now, um, we haven't had a we haven't had a break, outbreak at all. We haven't had anybody tested positive in a very long time. Like yeah. we, like I think we only had like one case, yeah. and and even with that, he got better. Yeah. <laughs> and he's doing he's doing well right now. Sure. He's, yeah, he's 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 training at the at a bear me right now in the facilities right oh, now. Nice. So he's all right. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, I think I think. Because we've been practicing social distance very well, like I mean, you know, this and in like the market right now, like we really need ball. So I'm Thanks. pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's you know, hey, this is this might be a quote unquote high risk. Um, but I mean, it's 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 a necessary risk that we need to take. So yeah, yeah I'll I'll take back yeah. off of that as well. Said necessary risk. It's a very interesting term because there are, I mean, not for to like take say that COVID-19 is not serious and that mm-hmm. um, it's not what it actually is, but we take necessary risks every single day. And I'm not just yeah. saying us as black men, I'm just saying people in general, we take necessary risks every Good day. Too, and man. so I think that <laughs> basketball coming <laughs> basketball coming back, I'm not trying to go down that rabbit trail, but uh, <laughs> with basketball coming back, I do think it would be a necessary risk because not just for the, the players. Some need to, like, some guys aren't good with, with saving their money and yeah. spending it wisely. Some guys are. Like, I'm sure some of them miss the paychecks or the diminished amount of money they're getting. Right. The owners definitely want more money. Coaches want more money. But you have those other people in the arena that would still be working. And people's so jobs. Still, people, yeah, that's another yes. thing. People's jobs. So there's necessary risks that are going to take place. And a lot of people are nervous about taking them, but it's a part of our lives. I mean, for sure. People, so I made this analogy at one time that somebody thought was crazy, but driving down the street every day is a necessary risk we take as human beings. You may say, Jay, you're crazy for saying that, 
but you don't know what that driver is going to do. You have no idea when you get in that car if the car is going to fall out, but you believe that when you get into it, it's a necessary risk you take to get to work every single day. And sure. it's a necessary risk for people to get back to work. You get back to work and governors and mayors and counties are doing what they need to, what they see fit to make that decision. But I do believe it's a necessary risk because one thing we forget about, these referees are not getting paid. Even though a lot of these guys have other jobs yeah. or other things are going on, referees are not getting paid. Your score, people at the scores table, they're not getting paid. Luckily, money. if you have freelance photographers and video people that are not getting paid. So yeah. the NBA coming back, it's a necessary risk. Sports, a necessary risk. I mean, players playing. I mean, Michael Jordan, the flu game. It was a necessary he, he, risk. To him, it was a necessary risk that he played that risk. game. So it's a risk that a necessary risk we do with things we do all the time. But I do think it's a risk that the NBA should take in real quick. Um, if the NBA does come back, if someone does test positive, I think they'll take the Dana White or UFC approach like, hey, you're out of here. You're down for the count for a week or two, two weeks, I believe, and yeah. then come back. Um, if players, like just say, hypothetically speaking, I hope this doesn't happen, but let's say you have more players test. Let's say you, let's say you only can dress four players one day because you have so many people to get it. I don't think that'll happen. But if it happens, it happens. You'll keep on playing. It'll suck. You're playing 48 minutes of four players, but or forfeit. But I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. It's what kind of happened. Alabama happen. played a game where all, his whole entire their whole entire bench went out, and they had three players left, and they managed to come back. I remember that game with three that game. players. Uh, that, yeah. was, that was a Saxon game. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, I think I think that's the that's the biggest thing of what you're looking at and trying to understand if that's the the best move. There's a necessary risk because. I mean, you want to get back to playing ball. You know, you want to get back to sports. I think you, you, we realize how much we need and how much we depend on sports when it's not here, right? So I think that's the biggest thing, man. And the last thing we'll, that we'll mention about uh, the, the players the players call that they had with Adam Silver is uh, he was quoted as saying that there are a lot of there're going to be a lot of bad options for the team that the teams that are on the playoff bubble. Um, for if if the if the hiatus extends too far out, let's say if it goes further than it needs to, and we need to get to the playoffs to start the playoffs, then those teams are just not going to be able to vow for a playoff berth. Now in the Western Conference, we're looking at um, I think like the Memphis Grizzlies, the Trailblazers. Now these games, the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, and the Kings uh, with the Grizzlies as well. The last four Grizzlies being eighth place, Trailblazers being ninth. Uh, Pelicans 10th and, and the Kings 11th even the Spurs really at 12th place they're all separated by three games the Grizzlies mm-hmm. are leaning with 32 and 33 with the Trailblazers with 29 wins Pelicans with 28 Kings with 28 and the Spurs at 27 so I can understand why they would be a little bit you know perturbed if something like that happens in the Eastern Conference it's a little bit different the Magic in 8th place with 30 wins Wizards 24 Hornets 23 so that kind of you know thing will be whatever the Bucks will get the Magic in the first round uh, I mean, whoever gets the Bucks in the first round is going to lose anyway. So we're not even really – people shouldn't really be mad about what's going to happen in the Eastern Conference. But um, for those teams, if, if you're a player on the Kings or the Spurs, I mean, do you feel some type of way if they jump right into the playoffs and you're, you know, you're behind one, two, three games where you could have possibly made the playoffs? Now you're counting on Memphis to lose. And you guys can end up taking that seventh, that eighth spot. And the Eastern Conference is a little bit different, separated by like six games. So it probably wasn't going to be a lot of movement there before the Kings, for the Spurs, for the Pelicans, 
you know, Zion, who's, uh, you know, if he would have made the playoffs, I think that they were saying basically like he'll be, the, he can win rookie of the year if he gets into the playoffs. Yeah. I, think, I think honestly, Ja, ja kind of has that wrapped up. You can't take off half a season. And Correct. Then, like I can still win rookie of the year. Look, you've been great. You've been awesome. But it's a, it's a 30 game sample that we didn't get we, when we get an 82 one with John Morant. Now, are, if you're a player on the Kings, Pelicans, or Spurs, do you feel some type of way if they jump right into the playoffs? Yes, but it's the nature of the beast. It's unfortunate. I don't know another time that the NBA's had to suspend the season in the middle of it. I know back in, I think it was 99, 98, 99, had the lockout year, so it was less games. Um, if I'm the if I'm in like eighth, ninth, t- no, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, I think you went down to the Spurs in the Western Conference, I'd be upset. But at the same time, your coach can go back and be like, "Hey, this was out of our control. When the NBA came back, we were the, the odd people out. So it just teaches us next year do what's needed. So we always stay between one through eight. It's yeah. going to be harder. It's going to make the regular season uh, more important. This this very very well will do that. I feel some type of way." But even if I'm, let's say, you got the Lakers hat on, if I'm the Lakers, Clippers, something, I'd be throwing some type of way as well because we believe we had a really good shot to win the title. So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, not trying to be the negative guy here between all three of us, but let's say the NBA season does not come back. If I'm LeBron, if I'm Kawhi, if I'm AD, I'm upset. I'm 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 feeling some type of way. But it's something that is out of our control. So even though my emotions would be a little upset, a little hurt because I'm a – a professional athlete that wants to win a title it's yeah. one thing it's out of our control but no matter focus on the, those that are like on the outside looking into the playoffs right now i would be but then everybody in the league those in the playoffs would be as well if the nba did not come back for sure kind of what you think and like like jay said the importance of like tightening up early like bro like first off there's like if you was if you were to take care of business like uh, let's use Pelicans for example they were what eighteen and twenty seven yeah. when Zion was gone and then when Zion came back they wound up being ten and seven yeah. I mean come on bro like I mean I like I don't know if you, I don't know if you want Zion getting you into the playoffs right you know what I mean so much energy that he's his second season is a slump like look right. we sample size we get it. If I'm a Pel- if I'm a, the coach or GM or owner of the Pelicans, I'm like, all right, cool, playoffs. We didn't make it, but we got a good system here. We got good players, and let's start from the jump when the regular season jumps up. But I didn't mean to interrupt you. But no, 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 you're good. No, but what I'm saying is like, you gotta take care of business early. This is something that you preach in in football. This is something that you preach in 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 uh, actually just football. I mean, because you only got you only you only got a short amount of time, but like. But no, in high school ball, in high school basketball, like you only got twenty seven games. Yeah, sixteen in NFL. So yeah. I mean, sixteen NFL. You know what I mean? I get it. Do what you need to do so you can get into these playoffs. You get in front of these people that want to see you play for a championship. Like, yeah. like honestly, I just, I just felt like, like y'all had, y'all had the, the necessary athletes and the, the necessary talent on, on the team to get you to where you're at. Why the heck, why the heck you're mad? No, that's your fault. That's bad <laughs> planning, bad coaching, bad play. It's yeah. your fault. Yeah. So, I think y'all need to tighten up. 
in the beginning, and then you know when it comes down to the end, you be like, oh, okay, we here, we have nothing to worry about. Yeah. But for LeBron James and, and a Kawhi Leonard, now this is a whole different thing. Like, yo, we balled hard the whole entire year. Right. You take this from us. I'm fading the whole entire squad. I'm fading, I'm fading the GM. I'm fading the owners. I'm fading COVID-19. Man, you know what I'm saying? Taking everybody out. Everybody. Bro, bro, I'm going up to God like, yo, bro, like, I know I can't beat you. <laughs> but, you know, you gave you gave Jacob them hands. So I'm just saying, can I, can, I get, can you run me one real quick? You know? Like, there's just some certain things. Shout out to Jared Sanders on that one. <laughs> um, hey man, look, I think I think it's it's gonna be it, it's both you play both sides of the corner. I mean when you look at uh the, the Lakers and the Clippers, the Bucks, the Celtics, if something didn't happen, this would be a lost season, that'd be devastating. Uh but for the people that weren't in the playoffs, I mean I get it. They the Pelicans got a sample size of what they'd be looking at for the years years to come, which is definitely a good sample size. We saw what Zion was able to do on the court. Uh, basically averaging a triple double um, as a rookie, we, we he he was everything we thought he was and a little bit more. Uh, so the Pelicans have a, a great future to look to. But I mean, you don't you don't want this rookie trying to take you to the playoffs and trying to be this big guy his first year in the playoffs. I mean, the last person to do that and win a championship was Magic Johnson, and with those Showtime Lakers, man, it, a six nine point guard, he had Hall of Famers on the team. Let's not get it twisted. Um, if you want the Pelicans to make the playoffs, that's cool. But if you're going to lose in the first round, second round, you would get the Lakers or the Clippers first. And, I mean, you, you already know what I got to say about the Lakers. But uh, <laughs> Clippers, I mean, that's, that's a hard team to beat, man. And right. when you look at that, you know, it, it's 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 going to be what it is. And what, what we see, we hope Adam Silver has a great plan. We get the places like Disney World or Las Vegas to, to mm-hmm. buy in, and we can finish out these seven-game uh, playoffs. So I, I think – I mean, I'm hoping that everything works out and we definitely could figure it out. Now, let's get to what everybody's been talking about, The Last Dance. Now, this this whole documentary is absolutely amazing. I've, I've got to watch um, and read about uh, episodes one through six. And um, obviously, I've seen a different side of MJ. We, we knew the stories. We heard all the stories, but singing in real time was obviously different. So my question to you would be, do you look at MJ any different after seeing the behind the scenes of the, of the first six episodes of The Last Dance? I would say no. And I'm going to say no being I already knew MJ was a jerk. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be <laughs> yeah, like, right. I, I, lo- I love yeah. Mike. I, I love Mike. Um, I love Mike. I love Kobe. Those are my guys. Yeah. But that Steve Kerr thing, that that does not mean anything to me because that happens in that happens in any level of sports all the time. You got yeah. literally guys getting hit. I played football in high school. My buddy Dan Jones, every year doing tour days, see Mike, it was like like clockwork. He would come, he would get there by the second week, tired, didn't get much sleep the night before. Him and his girl probably fighting or something. And then they get on the field, he get in a fight, and then he gets back into it. And I mean, that's just that's just sports. Your emotions are high, coaches are upset. Um, people are trying to win, so stuff happens. I mean, it's, it's competitive, especially when you're getting paid millions of dollars. Yeah. You're going to be acting way different than way the true. average person. So, way no, price. it didn't make me think of anything. I think it just opened the eyes of how Michael Jordan was as a person yeah. to everyone else that thought he was um, a godlike figure. Not mm-hmm. and, and so, it, and people say all the time, it opens the eyes to the young kids that are LeBron fans or that don't really, they didn't really watch that era, how good Mike was. Okay, cool, it does that as well. But 
this doesn't really change it to me because I mean competitive guys and I'm sure Magic Johnson like Bird all the, all these greats Will Chamberlain Kareem I'm sure all these guys had moments yeah. like Mike did it's just Mike's a different cat <laughs> and on this stage everything's magnified and so nah they don't change nothing for me at all I mean he is it is what it is yeah definitely kind of what you think bro man look Michael Jordan <laughs> is great for a reason yeah and oh boy here we go the reason why <laughs> <laughs> he didn't care about nobody, bro. He's like, yo, we're going to win. We're going to win. The gambling, I'm going to win. Yeah. The, the, the the golfing, I'm going to win. Yeah. I am going to win regardless. I'm going to win the basketball court, the, the tennis court, beat, the, beat the, the baseball field. Everybody. I, I, he, he beat the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> he beat the monsters. I mean, the dude. These guys were from off the planet, dog. Right. He's like, yo, bro, like, oh, you, you coming from uh, Moron Mountain? Like, yo, bro, okay, come come down to Chicago. See me where I'm at, cuz. I'll get Bugs <laughs> Bunny life. and beat you with Bugs Bunny and them. Like, yeah. come on, bro. Like, not, it's not even not even that. It, show, it also shows these kids, like, literally, this is what it takes to really be great. Like, mm-hmm. being great is not beautiful. Mm-mm. It's not a beautiful process. Um, there are going to be nights where you are up late. There's going to yeah. be times where you're going to get into arguments with people that you you are not you're not you're not in sync with. Yeah. But in order for you to get a good product and come out on top and winning, you have to go through these struggles. You have to go through arguments, fights, whatever. And the thing is, at the end of the day, and as men, and, and this and this is another thing that separated. It, yeah. it literally separated the men from the boys. Because as men, you know, men, they hash things out. And once it's hashed out, all right, let's go ahead and get back to business. Nice. I mean, football football is the greatest example. I'm, I'm sorry for mentioning football on your, on your show. I mean, you <laughs> know, fine. basketball What's show. What's your sports, baby? But sports, like, um, but like when, when I was playing, when I was playing football, you know how many fights I got into? I, I got into a lot of fights. <laughs> and I got my freshman year That's of high school. Sport, really? I got beat yeah, up. It is. <laughs> I got beat up my freshman year of high school because I, I was skinnier and I was a cornerback. Yeah. And I used to talk so much trash and I got beat up. I got thrown in my locker several times. <laughs> wedgies, all that. Like, I got beat up. Wedgies. Bruh. But when I, I when it. I when I became a man and my man body started playing defense <laughs> men and linebacker, oh, they like, yo, bro, what's up? Like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> what's up? Yeah. yeah. My man. No, but but at the end of the but at the end of the day, like this shows what it takes to be great. I mean it's not sure. it's not a pretty process, but yeah. You see what happens when you when you're putting these signs. Like, I'm not I'm not one for feelings, yeah. um, and we we live in such a feeling culture where like only certain people can be at the top, and and you know you don't see their ugly side, but they're you know what I'm saying we're in a feeling culture. Like people want to spare your feelings. No, no one's going to spare your feelings, dude. You want to be great? This is what you got to do. Thanks. I think the, I think the biggest thing for me what it showed is that how much. Um, the comparison to MJ LeBron should be MJ to Kobe, right? Yes. Like, like yes. it just it, these were two. They were two players cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. Competitive, would do anything to win, learn anything to win. Um, I, I honestly would go as far as saying um, I love the fact of how how curious Kobe was. He had a question about everything. 
figuring out why people did this or why they did that. Why did this work when this didn't work? Um, what he did on the floor, on the court, uh, and I also like the 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 um, the quote that he had in the in the last dance, saying, "Look, I don't like the comparisons between me and MJ. Like, I don't get five championships without him. Everything that is me is him. Mm-hmm. Like that was Respect, that was bro. big because Respect. obviously we we talked to our boy the voice. Like he hated Kobe for years because he would never like years. just say, I want to be like Mike. I learned everything from Mike. Um, you know, I'm on board with that as a Lakers fan. Just being like, look, bro, you don't got to say where you got it from. We can see it in your game. Like mm-hmm. I, I never needed for him to be like, I get all these things from Mike. I learned from the greatest. Um, I do think watching these episodes has solidified to me, right? And this is going to, it may be a hot take. It may be spicy talk, whatever you want it to be. I, that, that. MJ was the greatest, the GOAT, mm-hmm. right? Resume is flawless. Right. You know, when he started winning, let's not forget the Detroit Pistons years. Mm-hmm. Once mm-hmm. he beat them and went on, his, his his resume is flawless. We knew who he was, best player in the league at that time throughout those four years. I do think, and we're going to get into this, I do think that all-around player, I'm going to go with LeBron every time for best of all time, for, for all-around player. If I'm talking about the GOAT resume on the court, it's got to be MJ every time. And what solidified it for me was looking at MJ played for 14 years, technically 14 years in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. Took the 18-month hiatus, went to play baseball, and, you know, everything like that. If you take 14 years, total 84 to 98, take away the 18 months, which is almost two years, six championships in 12, 50% of the time, MJ won. 6-0 and in the finals, and when he got there, he won. This is now, we went through the whole Detroit Piston years where he couldn't get past them. They taught him how to win, basically, I, I would I would say. But going up against a team like the Bad Boy Pistons, you 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 look at what you have to do on the court to get past them. Mm, you look at what right. I need to do differently to get past them so I can go play for the finals. When he got to the finals, didn't see a seven game. When he got to the finals, he won period and out of the 12 years that he was in the league he won six times 50 percent of the time so there was always a chance like okay he's gonna win my man took a break came back he took a whole he took a whole break let's do it yo bro i'm gonna pause for a second how great can you how great you are to where you can pause and then like, all right, let's go ahead. <laughs> My let's man, go ahead. I let's remember win three more. Right. <laughs> I remember seeing the video and uh I think I think Scotty has tens on and he's pointing to the camera like, yeah, yeah, come on back. Like come. now, I will say this. Now, people don't like to like to bring this up either. Um the because you never want to talk about the blemishes on MJ's on MJ's record, right? For me, right. I think the year that he left and the, the Chicago Bulls were one shot away from the NBA finals. That's like, that points more to Bron for me because when Bron leaves, you don't talk about this team anymore. Like when he left the Cavs, who were they? When he left the Heat, who were they? Like, I they think were the Heat. Yeah, like uh, when he left the like, Heat, they yeah, were still. Like, what are you talking about heat. right there? Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? So I think when MJ left and Scottie Pippen, I mean, with Scottie Pippen being there, dude was a monster. And with them being one shot away from the NBA Finals, that may be a blemish. Like how. Like people look at LeBron, like it's. I don't think it's as bad as the 2011 meltdown with against the Dallas Mavericks, or 07. You know, we obviously didn't think he was going to win in 2007 when he played. Oh no! no, um, no. But at 35, almost averaging a triple double, number one team in the West, the dude is defying time right now. Now, don't get me wrong. 
MJ is the GOAT. Because I know people are gonna people are gonna ask me, don't at me, don't look me up, don't do that. MJ is the GOAT. <laughs> Period. is uh, I am Miles or, or I am Austin. <laughs> I am I am Miles Austin. IG, Twitter, whatever. But I, I just think if all around player has to be LeBron because he does everything. Now, MJ is the GOAT. Okay, I will end with that. But Ky- let me I'm gonna start with this one with Connie. Does that debate like bother you at this point when you're looking at what MJ put together, his resume, winning six out of 12 years that he played, and what he was able to put down and what his resume looks like right now? Does it bother you that they talk about LeBron and MJ? And I'll, I'll say that Kobe often gets left out. But he was to me, he's the closest to MJ. But does that bother you anything about the MJ LeBron debates after watching the last dance? I think what bothers me is that they keep putting they keep putting LeBron where Kobe should be. Um, it's supposed to be the Kobe and uh, Michael comparison. It's not supposed to be Kobe LeBron. Yeah. Not only Kobe LeBron, but uh, LeBron Michael. LeBron. To me, there's no really, there's no comparison to LeBron. Cause LeBron, he's a he's a unicorn, so he's not, he's he's in his own category. Yeah, fact. But you got these two who literally did the same thing, except for one is a title short. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's what we have here, and not only that, coached by the same guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's, let's let's not forget that too. Um, so like, so like in my mind, it's just like, it's just like, I just feel like the real question was, who who is the real, who's the GOAT? Is it, is it, uh, is it Michael Jordan or is it Kobe? And, and hands down, it's going to be Michael Jordan every time. Um, and those, those comparisons are, are, are going to be there for eternity. And, um, I just don't think I just don't think LeBron is doing the necessary things that these two are doing. Now, LeBron, LeBron's doing something that Kobe couldn't do. Make uh what's your boy Dwight Howard a good teammate, you know, <laughs> and make him play good. <laughs> it takes a special person to play with some type of players, man. Like you know what I'm saying? Like cause everybody could like keep in mind, like, you know, you got these guys that are really nice and you know what I'm saying, funny yeah. jokesters and LeBron, I know LeBron, but Michael Jordan and Kobe did not have time for that. Like, yo, bro, I'm trying to win. I'm sorry, I don't. Well, we can we can do that outside of this, but yeah. on the court, I'm not. I don't got time for you to <laughs> be goofy. Like, no, bro. Like, <laughs> get clock in and do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, be good, like you're supposed to are, and then you know, I agree. So and so on. Jay, what you think, man? I want to make a comment about Dwight Howard real quick, and then get right into the Mike and uh, LeBron thing. <laughs> I think with Dwight Howard, and it goes into Michael Jordan and how you were talking about LeBron and how he's doing this in year thir- and at age 35. Dwight Howard, before the season, committed to getting in better shape and lost, like, I think it was 20 pounds, 25 pounds, yeah. something stupid to where we see him on Venice Beach. And I'm like, who is this cat who looks sick? Dude, because we're so used to seeing him, like, like Cock Diesel, like, yoked and stuff like that. But he's like, for me to play with – for me to better my career, and then ultimately he was with LeBron – he knew he had to get in in a different shape with his body. And so I think that goes to what Dwight Howard is now as a basketball player, as a man. He understands mentally how he had to change himself 
prior, because if you go back to, was it 2012 when he was with the Lakers? Yeah. My year may be off, but that team was supposed to be really, really good. We had Steve Nash, too. Yeah, Steve. You couldn't Steve tell Nash me we were going to win that year. We Nash got Steve got Nash hurt. and Dwight. I was like, we I good. Think du- I think Dwight got hurt. I know Kobe got hurt. I mean, their team was oh. stacked, but people, go oh, ahead. Yeah, the, the whole extended. Not even, so that year, I think it was 18 games that they actually played all three yes. of them on the court together. Yes. It was, yes. It was a crazy year. So, like, I, I think Dwight Howard, yeah, you could say what LeBron did, but I think it, was, it goes – he had had players already be like, hey, bro, you need to get it in. You need to get check your mind, check your mentals. But it took him at this point in his career – I don't know if LeBron went to him or not, but Dwight Howard – I got to give him credit because I'm not a really a big Dwight Howard fan, no matter how good he is yeah. um, defensively or anything. I give that man credit. He got in shape and changed his mindset and realized I have to – change how I am as a basketball player to fit in with this team that yeah. can be really, really good. But back to that Mike and LeBron thing, um, I think what it opens our minds to is exactly what LeBron is doing now. now I'm, a, I'm a Kobe guy, but Mike guy, I've already said that. But LeBron did exactly, is, is doing what Mike did as well, what Kobe did. You, If you go and look back at like the 80s Michael Jordan, that's not the not like late 90s Michael Jordan. He changed his game to transform and to be a better basketball player because he realized I can't be running with these young guys no more. So I got to find a way to kill them in a different route. LeBron's realizing I can't run with these young guys no more. I can be in the best shape in the league, but I can't run with them anymore. So he changed his game. And so I think that's what it opens everyone's mind to. I don't, I, I think with the Mike and LeBron thing, I think that the players view Kobe in the right light and the fans don't. And I think it's the fans that push the, the LeBron and Mike thing when the when the faint when the former players and the current players are like, hey, Kobe's a different kind of cat. Kobe's not normal. There's a reason why Kobe was secluded by himself and he and he did what he did and he was able to um, be away from the team and things like that. He mm-hmm. he even said early in his career, the things I did, the things I did early in my career, I came to the league 17, 18 years old. I couldn't go out to the clubs. So all I did was stay inside, stay at home, and look, watch film and then practice. And then he translated that later in his career. Um, I don't really think that the LeBron and Mike thing really, I think it kind of kills that traction. Um, as great as LeBron is, Mike's just on a different level. And I think it just shows everyone now that Mike is different. And then those that don't know Mike is different. You see, like, Mike is different. The good, the bad, the ugly don't matter. Mike's different, and uh, LeBron's just not with him. He's different. He is different. I, I think the, the issue for me is that the, the comparison – shouldn't happen I think the comparison happens because is he the greatest player of all time right when you when you look at what LeBron does on the court he is a unicorn like he's you don't see anybody else the closest person to him to me um was coming and I thought was going to be Ben Simmons um Mm -hmm. didn't really have the well he didn't really have a shot coming in I think LeBron shot a whole lot better than Ben did but a 6'9 point guard who passed first can finish at the rim and um just, I mean, when you look at those comparisons, I thought that'd be a good one. But I think the comparison is that we've never seen anything like LeBron. Besides, I mean, I think he's an athletic magic. Like, when you're like, what in the world is this guy doing? Like, he assists. And, and the issue that we have with him is that he's always looking for the best basketball play. And I right. don't think it, I don't think it ever was. I don't have the killer instinct. I don't do this because I've seen him do it. I've seen him go into a, a a game six, a game six against Boston where he he has to drop. Uh, you know, 16, 20 straight points to, to finish out the game. The game that they had against, um, uh, I think it was game six against the Spurs. They had they had the trophies out. Like the Spurs are getting ready to take 
and, and win that series. I think he scored 16 straight in the fourth quarter. Like the shot from Ray Allen in the corner was just mm-hmm. the icing on the cake because mm-hmm. because he had missed that shot. But I don't think he's afraid to take it. I think he is built to for, for pass first in a team basketball. So he's always looking right. for the open play. Where Kobe and Shaq were, give me the ball, move out the way. LeBron was like, give me the ball, move out the way. But if you open, I need you to hit that shot. And I think that's the, where the comparison comes in because he's been so great for this long. We just haven't seen it. Um, I'll end with saying that MJ is the GOAT. LeBron, to me, is a Mount Rushmore player. Um, and Kobe was the closest thing to Mike. Um, so with that being said, man, we appreciate y'all for, for checking in with Hard in the Paint. Uh, we're going to be a lot more consistent with this moving forward. We're going to get a date and a time that we'll be releasing in the next couple of weeks to be more consistent for you guys. Connie, Jay, I appreciate you guys coming out and being a part of this first episode that we're coming and, and putting this whole thing out, man. Um, but just as a sign out, man, Jay, want to tell them how to reach you, help them get in contact with you, what you're doing now. And uh, Connie, the same thing right after Jay is done. Uh, thank you. Miles will allow me to come on. Jay Stevens, host of the Jay Stevens Podcast, part of the MTNV Sports uh, Network family. And you can follow me on any podcast app, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, all the, wherever you get podcasts, you can find me um, on Twitter at JStevens07, Instagram for the podcast at JStevensPodcast. Facebook, the Jay Stevens podcast, a, a plenty of ways for you to connect with myself and the podcast. What's up, Jay Stevens? You're <laughs> just, I, I'm just having, I appreciate Miles having me on. And uh, that Mount Rushmore thing, I will say one thing really quickly. As My, my Mount Rushmore does not have LeBron on it Ooh. simply because I have Bill Russell for what he did for the early years of the league. I got Magic and Larry because that was kind of a bridge period for the league yeah. where they kind of transformed mm-hmm. where the league was and then Mike. Um, yeah. So many great players that, that get left off. There's only four. Nothing against anybody else. Like I said, yeah. Kobe's my guy. I yeah. love to find a, a fifth place for Kobe somewhere on there. There's yeah. no spot. But um, that's just how I view it. Um, yeah. un- unless somebody comes along that's like, hey, uh, you got to move one of those four guys off, that'll yeah. be my Mount Rushmore. But once again, Miles, appreciate you having me on here. Definitely, bro. I'm glad you were able to come through. Connie, what's good, Westside? Well, I'm joining the the Heart and the Paint squad, so I'm gonna be here with with Miles. So if you're gonna hear me, I'm the quiet voice, the quiet storm. Not quiet at all. Don't play that. <laughs> but anyway, yo, man. Um, honestly, catch me catch me on the, the on the um on the uh, IG. Uh, my team, my voice IG, man. That's where you can find me mostly. Yeah. Uh, Campus Connect. Don't, Campus Connect, guys. You hear us all the time scream out Campus Connect crew because the Campus Connect crew, we are working on something that's going to blow y'all mind. Excited, so, man. so yeah, man. So this is for the whole entire team, man, everybody. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about everybody's going to be able to come on. I mean, the squad that I really want to put on is Ohio State. Go, like, go Buckeyes. Um, <laughs> and also for my nose. Oh, yes. And then, of course, the, the Gators, I, I, I guess. Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we're not gonna talk about the jorts. Well, nah, let's. Well, for real though, man. Um, I'm just excited about what's going on with the Hard and Paint podcast. I want y'all to continue tuning in. We are going to give you some great visuals. Yeah. Um, mainly because Miles is going to be editing all the visuals. <laughs> he will lie. 
devil is a liar. I don't, I don't like bragging about myself. So we're gonna say Miles is gonna be the visual. If, you, if you're not gonna do it, I'll do it for you. Connie puts together all of our visuals and our video editing, and what you see on the MTV MTMV Sports huddle up that's happening every week. Those visuals are from that man right there. He sit, he's in Florida. Uh, we are all over the place. We're Atlanta, Florida. Jay, where are you? Indianapolis, Indiana. And, and he's in Indianapolis. Like, we're, we're bringing this whole thing together, and Connie is like the glue that makes all this thing, makes this thing, whole thing, whole thing work. We come on here, we share our opinions, we talk about sports, uh, but Connie is what kind of keeps it together. He keeps the comedic relief for us. He puts together the videos and the visuals. What you see is coming from right there where he's sitting right, right now. And he puts, <laughs> the talent is absolutely amazing. He doesn't like to brag on it, but we're going to brag on it for him, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Blessing, he's a blessing to the team. Look, MTV and MTV Sports has the huddle up that happens every week. Make sure you guys check that out. We have uh, all of our podcasters on there. We're talking about all types of sports, basketball, football, whatever's in the news. We're talking about it. You guys check that out, man. Look, again, this is hard in the paint where NBA news gets physical like the paint. Whether you want to body him like Shaq or finesse him like Hakeem the Dream, you're going to get the hard truth. Again, this is Miles signing out. Connie, Jay, I appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate it. What's good? It's your boy CJ King. Look, and I'm rocking with the homie Rick Sincere. I'm gonna need y'all to keep it locked right here on MTMV Sports.